beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. to tell you. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Welcome friends to this episode of the 10 things to tell you podcast. I think you are going to love this conversation I had with Heather Adams about friendship and about finding a best friend when you are well into adulthood. You know, every single week on this show, I encourage you to take the prompts and the topics to a friend, that almost everything we talk about here is meant to be part of a conversation that will hopefully deepen your connection, because of course, human-to-human connection is what we crave and what we need and what is so good for our souls. But too often I get messages from listeners who say that they don't really have a person in their life, let alone a whole friend group, where they can start to even have these conversations. Over and over I have heard this for years, that women are lonely because they don't have many friends, or they are lonely because their longtime friendships have changed or lonely even in a room full of people they call friends, but they secretly don't feel like they fit. 
And so we're going to be talking about friendship some over the next few months, all the different angles of it. And what I want you to hear in these conversations is that you're not alone. Some of the most social people you know, they have friendship angst. I know this for a fact. People who seem like they have a great group of friends, I'll bet you that some of them have been through a friendship breakup or two, and they still carry that pain. We're going to talk about that, that friendship breakup pain in our conversation today as well. Friendship is a loose theme that runs through my book, Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First, because the going first aspect of sharing your stuff requires that there's someone to share with, obviously. So I have been thinking intensely about friendship for like basically my whole life. And it is because of the book, Share Your Stuff, that I met the guest for this episode, Heather Adams. Heather is the CEO of Choice Publicity, and I am working with her firm for my book launch. They have been my publicist and they have been my cheerleaders over there. And so then when I heard Heather talk about this topic on her own podcast, her show is called This Intentional Life with Heather Adams, she was talking about how she was 40-something years old and was on a quest to find a best friend. And when I heard that, I just knew that I wanted her to come talk about that topic with me here on 10 Things to Tell You. I hope that you take something from our conversation We maybe both cry a little, but it gave me so much to think about with some of my most important relationships and what they bring to my life. So here's a wonderful conversation about finding a best friend, about losing a best friend with Miss Heather Adams. Heather Adams, welcome to 10 Things to Tell You. I am so excited to have you here today. Laura, it is a privilege and an honor to be on your show. Your podcast is one of my absolute favorites. I love listening to it. And so being here on this side is so fun for me. So thank you. Well, it's very exciting what we're going to talk about today because I've heard you talk about this topic and it just resonated with me so much. But before we jump into talking about friendship and best friendship, will you just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do. Absolutely. So I live in Nashville, Tennessee. I am a boy mom. I have two boys. One is 14 and one is 11. So I have a lot of teen angst happening in my house, as you can imagine. And both of them are athletes and play basketball and baseball, both travel and at their schools. So my life kind of revolves around the um, baseball diamond and the basketball court. <laughs> I am a wife, my husband, Matt, longtime love, and, and I'm a CEO. I own a communications company here in Nashville called Choice Media and Communications. We specialize in entertainment and lifestyle clients. So authors like yourself, celebrities, business leaders, change agents, that are doing really good in the world. And we do a handful of things for them, media relations, you know, booking them on places like the Today Show or ESPN or Time Magazine, events when events are happening, which is rare right now, branding and strategy, 
and then social media. So those are kind of our main service pillars. And I have an all female team, which I'm very, very proud of. I think God put me on this earth to lead women. And so it's really fun to be here. And I appreciate you asking. Well, and that's how we got to know each other, actually, is because Choice, your company is helping me with the launch of Share Your Stuff. I'll go first. And so we've gotten to know each other. I've gotten to know a little bit of your team over the last few months, which has been an amazing, (laughs) crazy process. But when I first, you know, found you and was looking at your social media and started listening to your podcast, This Intentional Life, one of the things that stood out to me immediately was you have talked about and did, you know, a few episodes about your quest for a best friend. Yeah. And I felt like this was so bold of you to say as, you know, a woman of a certain age, we're both of a certain age and just sort of boldly admitting that you deeply desire a best friend. And for me, I really relate to your story, which I want you to tell, but I also have a lot of friends. So it's not like I don't have wonderful relationships in my life, but whenever I talk about friendship on this show or on social media or on the blog, I get a ton of feedback from other women like us who are lonely or who feel like they want a certain relationship in their life, you know, to, to sort of fill a certain thing in their heart. Even when I talk about on this show, when I like really encourage people to share their stuff and take it to a friend, people are often messaging me that they don't have that person to take these prompts to, or that they're going to read, share your stuff with, like they don't have that person and how can they find that person? So can you tell us a little bit about like some backstory and also just like where you are in this desire for finding a best friend? Because I just, I commend you so much for talking about it because I think it's a common thing, but nobody wants to say it. Yeah. I, since I have started sharing publicly about, you know, my feelings on this, on this issue, I have had so many women, like you're saying, who step forward and say, me too. I have always felt like something was wrong with me because I was missing this person in my life. And I feel like I wouldn't have this desire if, you know, I wasn't supposed to have these friendships. And, and so it, it has been a journey for me. It started several years ago when I launched Choice. I had a girlfriend who was my best friend for 13 years. And in my wedding, her husband and my husband were really close. Our, we had kids at the same time. So we were kind of journeying through life together. And not too long after I launched Choice, which I launched in 2014, that relationship was really severed. And I couldn't figure out why, Laura. Like, I just couldn't understand what was going on to cause a 13-year best friendship to just all of a sudden end. And it didn't happen slowly. And it what there wasn't one specific thing that caused a fight or anything like that. 
And so when that relationship was severed, I started therapy and I had, I've been in therapy for years and years and years, but I specifically started talking to my therapist about it. And it was like somebody had died. It was like, I had lost somebody and she was still here. She was, I mean, you know, still in the community where I live. Um, we weren't seeing each other, you know, like we were because her kids went to a different school than my kids. And so there were, you know, there weren't circumstances that were putting us together. We were always intentional about that, you know, in our friendship. And so I started talking to my therapist about it. So for years, I was telling my therapist, like, I feel like something's wrong with me. I feel like I've done something like what's, you know, I don't know what to do. So eventually I got to the place where I felt a lot more secure in who I was. And I shared with our mutual friend, Jen Hatmaker, I shared with Jen, she and I were traveling together and I shared it with her. And she was like, you have got to talk about that because other women are going to resonate with that. Other women feel the same way. Oh, hold on. I just have to stop yeah. you because I'm not going to cry, but I might cry. I know I I'm going to cry. So <laughs> just get ready for it. I knew when we agreed to do this, I was going to cry at some point. <laughs> I also had a best friendship sever almost in the same year that you're saying. This is almost like why I was like, oh my goodness. And so it has been, you know, years now, six years now. And right. I've never really even talked about it publicly because it's so tender. It's, it's so painful. It is so painful. And it was like, someone dying. Mm -hmm. It was like a divorce. Right. And I haven't been through a divorce, so I don't want to liken that to people who've walked through that pain. But when a relationship that is so important to you ends, especially when like you're describing also in my situation, there are a lot of unanswered questions. Like there right. isn't a thing that you can be specifically angry about or that you can point to and say, this is what happened and try to be like objective about it. And then, you know, nobody cheated quote unquote, you know what right. I mean? And I don't know about you, Laura, but I kept pursuing and pursuing and pursuing and kept being rejected constantly. And I, I, which I didn't understand because of this longstanding relationship. And my husband finally looked at me and he was like, you have got to stop. This is a one-sided relationship and this is tearing you apart. And I just, I kept saying, but I, I need the answers. Like I need to understand what's going on. Surely this will be restored. Like surely. And it isn't. And it won't, I don't think it ever will be. And I had to come to terms with that, but it took me a really long time and a lot of <laughs> to get to that place. But so when I shared all of this with Jen, you know, who obviously speaks to women all of the time, you know, like about everything. And she has a, such a, a phenomenal community. She said, you have to tell, you have to tell people about this. 
and she kept encouraging me. And so I said it to my team at choice and I shared with them, I really want to find a best friend. I miss having a best friend in my life. Um, I know what that relationship brought me and they were so sweet and they were so encouraging. And then anybody that we met, of course, they were like, Heather, this is going to be your best friend. Heather, this is going to be like, it was like dating, right? It was like, they were trying to set me up on a friend date. And so Tracy, who is my therapist, I was telling her at the end of 2019, before all hell broke loose, I was telling her, I want next year, 2020 to be the year I find a best friend. And so she started walking me through steps to do that. And one of the steps was talking about it publicly. And so that's why I did the podcast and shared it. And, and Jen was right. All these women started texting and sending me DMS and responding and saying, I thought something was wrong with me. This thing, this same thing happened to me. I want to be, I want to have a best friend. I want to be a best friend, you know? So, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's the long version of how all this kind of came to be. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com and use code U, Y-O-U. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, let me ask you something that I hope you're not offended by, because I'm, I'm asking myself too. Do you feel like, you know, the title of best friend, like, is it outdated or juvenile for us to want or expect this thing that maybe we had when we were very young, when the world is different, or like what movies tell us we should have like is it a real expectation I know that we both had this in our life so it's you know we know we know it's not a fantasy but do you think we're in a stage of well that's just not how relationships work eventually well 
I don't think it's juvenile to want and desire the closeness with someone else and that kind of connection. What I think I have learned specifically last year, you know, in my quest was that the expectations that I had and this idealized version of what a best friend looked like in my mind no longer exists in my life. And I was missing so much because I kept wanting to put everything, check certain boxes off. And when some, a friendship didn't check certain boxes, I was like, oh, well, this is not the best friend, right? And I, I ultimately was missing out on what was so good and rich already in my life, including my relationship with myself. And that's ultimately what I found last year. It took a flipping pandemic, but was I spent so much time with myself last year. I learned I really have to like me and take care of me before I can even be a really good friend to somebody else. So the relationship with myself, plus all of the things that were right in front of my face, all of these relationships that I was like, not tossing out because they're great friends, but I was not lumping it into that quote unquote best friend category because they didn't check certain boxes. So for example, I'll just give you one example. I have this wonderful, really close girlfriend. Her kids and my kids go to school together. We vacation together. We do things with their family all the time. We're good girlfriends. She hates to talk on the phone and to text, hates it. Well, I do it like it's my job. It is my job a lot of times, right? And so I kept thinking because that was not a component of our relationship because I didn't talk to her frequently on the phone because when I texted her, it took her three days to answer me. I thought, well, that's not a best friendship because we're not talking every day. And that was so stupid, Laura, but that was what my old relationship looked like. And so I kept comparing everything and that is what I had to get over. That's what I was going to ask you. Is the boxes that you were trying to tick, were they boxes that that old friendship all ticked? So kids the same age. Yeah. There's all the things we think we want, like family stuff in common, you know, religious, political views in common, shopping tastes in common, all of the things that you think it has to be. I'm hearing you so much because I have best friends in different aspects of my life. I have several childhood best friends that they've like literally never been to my home in Los Angeles. They don't know what my daily life looks like at all. Like they don't even know what my house looks like. They don't know what our family rhythms are. They really don't have a relationship with my kids. Things that are really important to me, they don't even know any of that. And so it feels like, well, they can't be my best friend if they like, don't even know my kids. Exactly. I have that exact same situation. I have six girlfriends from college. We all pledged the same sorority together in 1994 at the university of Georgia. We're all AOPIs. We're pledged sisters. And we went through all those four years of college together. And afterwards, you know, getting married, having kids. We all lived in Atlanta together at a period of time, you know, and 
I take a trip with them every single year, a girlfriend's trip once a year with them. We all live in different places. We have a little group text. They know some of the most intimate things about me. Lord, they have seen me in my four years of college at the University of Georgia. They know some dirt too, right? Every single time I am with them, it does not matter how long it has been. It feels like it was yesterday. And that relationship is restored and we text each other and, you know, we do zoom happy hours together and stuff like that. And I kept writing that off, Laura, but those are six really good girlfriends, but just because they don't live in Nashville and I don't see them every Thursday, doesn't mean they're not good. But again, it was that I was looking for exactly like what I had and missing what was right in front of me. Tell me a little bit about your process when you were looking for a best friend. You know, I think we're coming to the same conclusion and that we can have best friends that fit a little bit of a different definition or that fill different spaces in our heart. Because like my childhood best friends, that's who I call when I'm having angst with my parents, let's say, because they, they know my parents, they've known my family of origin my whole life. I don't have to give them any backstory. I can call them and say, this happened. And they know why that's a big deal to me. Whereas like my best friends in Los Angeles, which I do have a, a core group of amazing mom friends in LA. Well, they don't know anything about my life in Oklahoma. It's like the opposite of what I just said. They don't know any of my backstory. They met me when I was 38 years old. They don't know the Laura that grew up in a one stoplight town. Like they don't know my siblings names even maybe like it's a but they know my kids and our school community and they know my husband really well. And like, that's a different facet of best friendship. So, so we've sort of established that, but when I was listening to your podcast episode about, you know, when you were trying to find a best friend, I was super interested in what you were doing, like the process to meet new people, even if we're going to decide they don't have to be best friends. A lot of people are like, I don't need a, you know, end all be all, but I do need more friends, period. And I think that everything that you were saying you were going to try to find a best friend, it just works for general friendships. So can you tell us like some of the things that you intentionally made an effort to do? Absolutely. So one example is I just started inviting, inviting, inviting before last year, whenever I would invite friends to dinner at our house or to have their kids over or to go for date night or, you know, whatever it was. And they would say, no, Matt. And I kept feeling defeated. Like, is something wrong with us? Like, and ultimately we just realized like everybody is so busy. You know, so I can't get my feelings hurt every time somebody says no, when I invite them to dinner at my house or when we try to go grab a cocktail at happy hour. So I just started inviting. And if somebody couldn't do it, I didn't get my feelings hurt. I, I just made a choice in my mind. Okay. Matt and I are going to try to have at least once a month time with 
other people. And sometimes it was going to be me by myself with girlfriends or a girlfriend. And sometimes it was going to be us as a couple. And sometimes it was going to be all of us as a family, all four of us with somebody else's family. So it looked different, but I knew that I wanted to keep inviting people. And so we would invite somebody to go to the winery that's, you know, four miles from our house and have a picnic. And if they could come, great. And if they couldn't, we called another family. I just kept inviting, inviting, inviting. Well, when COVID happened, you know, and we were all quarantined in our houses and not able to leave. I mean, this was blowing my whole plan out of the water, right? It was like, well, crap, now nobody's going anywhere. So what we started doing is we started inviting people to have Zoom happy hours with us. And I'm not saying everybody had to be drinking, but it was just the point was we were intentionally gathering friends of ours together and they were walking through the same thing we were walking through. And so we had stuff to talk about and we were talking about how it felt and how we were dealing with the kids being at home. And we talked about what we were binging on TV and you know, I mean, and, and it ended up making it so fun. And sometimes it was people that we weren't super close with, but that we had a connection to because their kid and our kid played on the same baseball team or, you know, whatever, but it, it ultimately helped Matt and I so much navigate that season and not be just depressed because we weren't seeing anybody outside of our, the four of us. Um, so that's one example is I just kept inviting, inviting, inviting. And when people said no, I was determined I wasn't going to get my feelings hurt. Did you have any friendships deepen or did anything get weird? <laughs> like, I don't know how to ask this question, but you know, if, because you put the call out for a best friend, did people feel like they were auditioning? Like, <laughs> Well, I, God, I hope not. Um, no, I had so many women, like there's this one woman at school. She was a teacher at our school and she recently retired and her kids are just ahead of my kids in school. So they're not in the same grades, but she's just slightly ahead. And she sent me a text message after the podcast episode. And she said, I just want to applaud you for saying this. And I would love for us to get together at some point, you know, when it's safe for us to do so. And we ended up doing that. We had dinner, this friendship, you know, I knew her superficially because our kids were at the same school. I didn't know her well. I would say now we have a much richer, deeper relationship than we did prior to me sharing that podcast. And she was the one that reached out to me because she had heard it. And she wasn't saying, I want to be your best friend, but she was saying, I appreciate you, you admitting that this is something that bothers you and that you're want you desire. And I want this for my life too. So you know, let's spend some time together. And I, I have been so grateful for things like that happening because I was, you know, honest and, and vulnerable. That reminds me of two stories I want to tell. One is I also had someone in my life, this was a couple of years ago, so this wasn't immediate, but it really stands out to me that we were in the same social circle loosely, but I had her say to me, 
and she didn't make it a big deal. It wasn't a big heart to heart, we, you know, but I had her say like really candidly, like, I want to be better friends with you. Like I want us to be better friends. And she just put that intention on the table kind of. And she was like, I would like us to see each other more. You know, I'd like us to have a standing lunch date or I can't remember exactly what she said. And again, she didn't say it in a weird way that made me feel like, oh God, no, no. Like the pressure. Yeah. There was no pressure and there wasn't a neediness to it. She just said it like really plainly. Like, I wish we were better friends. Can we start to see each other more? And I was really struck by like, people don't say that very often, you know, like they don't say it like that. Do you appreciate it though, Laura? Like when Shelly said that to me, I, I was like, thank you so much. Number one for reaching out. But also thank you for in taking the next step to invite me into this. You know, I, I just was so grateful that she did. I, I just felt like she was stepping forward. I mean, there could have been a chance of rejection, right? And I just was so appreciative. I'm assuming you probably felt the same way. Oh, I was so flattered. And yeah. I also appreciated that she sort of had like, a plan. And actually now that I'm saying this, I don't even remember exactly what her plan was, but she wasn't, it wasn't weird. I feel like we get real tangled up. And if we want to say something like that, like we're afraid it's right. going to make it weird. And then maybe our energy does make it weird. And then when then it's weird, but because she was sort of like, I would like us to be better friends. Can we do lunch once a month after school drop off or whatever? She said something kind of really specific. I was like, yes. Now, we didn't do like set a standing time like that, actually, but we did get to be better friends because she had stated the intention, I feel like. And so then I gravitated towards her, like at our next social gathering or whatever, I sat beside her and just, you know, asked what was going on. And it was a mutual sort of understanding that we, we had good friend chemistry and, you know, wanted to be closer. And I like absolutely loved that she said it. And it made me actually, now, now I'm like, now that we're talking through this, I'm remembering all these other things. It made me send an email to someone later, much later, that we, I was dealing back and forth with someone and we were sort of, I don't want to say colleagues, but like we were professional friends, I guess we should say. Uh-huh. And it made me say in the email, Hey, I think we have a great connection. I hope that we can be like friend friends. And she responded back with like, I agree. I totally, you know, feel it. And I, I already consider us friends. She actually wrote a really lovely email back. And so if that one friend who hadn't said to me, I want us to be better friends, like hadn't shown me how to do that in a way that wasn't awkward. I don't know that I would have done it with this kind of work. Well, because person. we're so afraid of that uncomfortable, I think. And, you know, I'm about to be 45 and I advise college women, the sorority I was in in college, I advised the chapter here in Nashville. And I was telling these college women not too long ago that were graduating about how intentional they have to be with their friendships after they graduate because they're not seeing each other as much, right? They don't live together in the apartment anymore. They're not in class together anymore. They're not going to the sorority meetings or socials together. And so they have to be really intentional. And I think when you get to our age, a lot of your friendships come through your children or through your career. And 
I think when somebody stops and says, Hey, I'd, I'd really like to be friends with you, or I'd, I'd love for us to have lunch, or I'd love to get to know you better. It feels so unusual when it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be the exception. It should be the rule should be, um, the norm. But I think when we get, when we get to our age, there's so many things vying for our attention that a lot of times we put friendships at the bottom of our list. But what I have learned again, through a lot of therapy is friendships and deep, meaningful friendships. And I don't have to have a ton of them, just a handful, deep, meaningful friendships make me feel like a better, stronger Heather, like the best version of myself. Absolutely. I cannot say that enough. My friends are so important to my life. I, I mean, I could talk about what they mean to me for a hundred hours because I feel like they really have made my life so much richer and the obligations of being a wife and mom and you're trying to be a writer and all of these things that are sometimes very weighty and you know there's a lot of obligation in our life we all have a lot of responsibility and that kind of thing that my friends are are just a joy So if you prefer not to have a piece of white plastic hanging out of your ear, you don't have to. Raycon is offering 15% off all of their products for my listeners. Go to buyraycon.com slash you, and the entire site is discounted for 10 things to tell you listeners. That's it. Buyraycon.com slash you, Y-O-U, for 15% off your entire order of Raycon products. I also wanted to share the second story about a friend, and this kind of bums me out because this was right before the pandemic. <laughs> this was like in January of last year. An old friend that I had been really close to before I had kids, before she had kids. Um, I just love her so much and just life gets away from you. And it had been many years before we had seen each other. She's not really on social media. She's a big fancy executive you know, we both have families, but we're here in LA. We actually do not live very far from one another. She reached out at the beginning of last year with just a quick email, like one paragraph. It was actually to my husband and I both, because she was close to us both. And she just said, Hey, I miss you. Can we grab dinner? And I know that seems so simple, but in the context of our relationship and not having seen each other for years. And like, sometimes you feel like, oh, you have to do this big, like apology or this big explanation or this big, like, let's acknowledge that we haven't seen each other for years. <laughs> like, it feels like it needs to have all these caveats and, and exactly. Yep. And she just didn't do any of that. She was literally just like, Hey, I, I've been thinking about you. I miss you. Can we grab dinner on Tuesday? <laughs> and I remember I saying that Laura, like it was she amazing. Just, she just ran to the finish line. She skipped all the hurdles in between, you know? Uh, yes. And I went downstairs to Jeff. I remember because the email was to both of us. And I was like, did you see that email? Like, yes, we are going to dinner on Tuesday. Like, I can't wait to see her. The way that she had framed it made me not have all the things of like, 
why yeah. haven't we seen each other for years and blah, blah, blah. The guilt and the shame and all of that that comes. and Yeah, like she just erased all of that. We had a great dinner with her. And then we ended up emailing with each other about something else, a completely unrelated subject like this summer. So like six months later, and I wrote her back and I said, hey, just so you know, I'm so glad we got together before the pandemic, before like Los Angeles shut down. I'm so glad that we had that dinner. And, you know, she wrote back with the same thing, like, oh, that will end up being like a highlight of our year. Right. And that was just one email, one dinner. And it didn't mean that we then had to become regular dinner friends. We did not. We got to just have like this quick connection. We had a great meal. We cut, we caught up and now we might not see her again for a bit. And that's totally fine. She is still in my, I still consider her a dear friend, even with that kind of like looseness around it. You yes. know, we don't have to be, you know, I, I'm still a best friend. Yeah. We're not going to see each other all the time. We can just be like, Hey, you're awesome. We are, we mean something to each other. And I just, I, I have been thinking a lot about friendship in the last year, mostly because of the pandemic. I've been talking about Mm -hmm. it on the show of how it's really clarified some things for me. And it's shown some of my own weaknesses in friendship and like where I need to make more of an effort. And I just, I've been thinking about it a lot. So when I saw that you were also talking about it publicly, I was like, we have got to talk about this. Well, I agree because the more we destigmatize it and the more, I think the more women will be honest and transparent about how they're feeling as well. Um, And what it has done for me by being, by being honest and, and saying these things out loud, it is, is it has brought more friendship, more rich experience, more appreciation for what I have into the fold, into my life. And so I just think being that intentional around it and deliberate with, you know, who you share it with and what, what, you know, what you're asking for and uh, letting go of so much of the pretense and, and, and all of that. I I mean, it has really helped me significantly. I want to ask you something you said on my podcast the other day, which is you said you thought this would be controversial and I have thought about it every minute since we, we hung up, not every minute, but literally I have thought about it constantly since we um, did that interview. You said that Jeff is not your best friend and that that could be seen as controversial because he's your husband. Right. And I immediately thought in my head, Matt's not my best friend either. And I love him more than anyone on this planet. He is the number one priority in my life. I have such a wonderful relationship and marriage with him, but he's not my best friend and he doesn't fill that role. He is a confidant. He is a trusted advisor, you know, all of those things. But I wondered why you think that is controversial or it might be considered. Do you think we're kind of conditioned to believe that, Laura, that as women, our husbands should be our, or whoever our partner is, should be our best friend? I think that people perceive healthy marriages as each other's best friend. Oh, yeah. I perceive it to be the opposite. I think if your husband is your everything, 
that you're setting yourself up for potentially some hard times because yeah. I have seen women who, when their marriages end, and I hope that nobody's marriage ends, but it is life and it happens. And then they have not cultivated other deep relationships in their life. And it just adds to the loneliness and heartbreak of that divorce. And look, it's not, I'm not being totally prescriptive. If I have a lot, I call it controversial because I have a lot of friends, deep, dear friends who their husband is their best friend. And so we, we kind of argue about this. I've had like, not arguments, but like we've had discussions about I feel differently about this than they do. So if anyone listening like feels really strongly differently, like, you know, you do you in your life. But for me, because I married my husband and then had several years of loneliness, which I've talked about a lot, it's actually ended up being my blog, which now has ended up being my book. In those years of early marriage and loneliness in Los Angeles, I was putting too much pressure on Jeff to be, my everything. Like everything. he had to be yes. my, uh, you know, gossip partner and my, you know, who I ask his opinion on things and, you know, a sounding board and a, like he was everything. And that's just not who he is made to be in my life. Like he doesn't want to dissect every nuance of a conversation. <laughs> I have girlfriends for that. And yeah, and Matt's really not interested in helping me pick out my clothes, you know, or (laughs) Jeff just doesn't want to be that person. And he didn't say that to me. He doesn't even have the language to say what I'm describing, but I I learned it. I learned it as I was like, oh, I'm putting too much of a burden on our relationship to expect him to hear my every word and thought and everything like I need to take some of this stuff to my friends Mm -hmm. and when I did that when I started you know divesting my relationship capital is that I'm not a business person when I (laughs) when I started like spreading the wealth of my emotional needs my relationship needs my marriage got so much better and he is very pro girls weekend, you know, mom's night out, like all of that. He's like, please get time with your friends. In fact, one of the things that early in this sort of process, when we were early married, we were spending some time with one of my best friends, Lindsay, who's been on the show, who lives in Nashville. Right. She's my college freshman roommate. She's one of my oldest, bestest friends. And Jeff said to me one time after a weekend with her, you are lit up when you are with Lindsay. He was like, I just see like you're happy and, and laughing and, you know, you're just lighter when you are around Lindsay. And he was totally right. I absolutely am a better version of myself when I have time with friends. And that's been one of the things that's been hard about this pandemic and, and not even just pandemic, that's hard about adulthood and working and being a mom and all of the things, even when we're not in the pandemic is because we sacrifice friendships and, and time with friends. And we go years without a weekend away with friends or, or whatever. And then we realize like, why am I less funny now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
why am I kind of a drag? Like, why am I not enjoying myself on a more regular basis? And nobody sets out to be that way. It's just, we aren't filling that particular it's cup. It's so true. It's so true. It, just that weekend, I was telling you that I take with those girlfriends from college. When I come back, the boys are like, mom, you're, you're laughing so hard. And, you know, like they know that, like you said, I'm a better version of myself just because I went and spent two nights and three days with these girls, you know, or whatever it is. Not too long ago, several of the moms at school, I think there were three of us. We just had like a wine and cheese night. We met at somebody's house and we were not there for long. I think we were there for an hour, maybe an hour and a half. We had a charcuterie board and one glass of wine and we laughed and he hawed and talked. And then we went our separate ways. And then we texted each other afterwards talking about how good we felt because we had done that. And the, and my boys pay attention to that and they know, and they see a better mom coming home to them because I've spent an hour having wine and cheese with some girlfriends or because I've gone away for a couple of days with some girlfriends or because I've made that a priority. And I want them to see that model and example for themselves and for their future partners and, you know, all of that. But I think we sacrifice, I was telling you this the other day, I think what ends up happening is Let's say we have a girl's night on the books. You have your book club. Let's say, you know, something came up and you felt like, oh, I'm, I really should take care of this and I should miss book club tonight. Like we sacrifice so often instead of protecting that time. And when we are determined and dogged protective over that time, I think even when it's in small amounts, we are, we are better and stronger women because of it. Absolutely. Now I don't want to like end this conversation on any kind of a weird note, but I do want to circle back to this because I know this means so much to so many people. I want to ask you if the Heather who went through a friendship breakup that was so painful and, and probably eye-opening and all of those things, I guess because we've both been through it, I want to just reassure people who might be in a different stage of it that there is friendship to be had after that. There is best friendship to be had after that and laughter and we are not, there is nothing wrong with us because an important relationship ended Maybe we learned something from it. Maybe we would do some things differently, but we are still worthy of a best friend and girls weekends away. And there is, you know, there is life after a friendship divorce. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I think I am a better friend and I appreciate my friends more because I went through that as painful as it was. Um, and as much as I don't wish that on anyone else, um, I, I just truly believe that, uh, you know, I am a better Heather because I went through that. And when I look back on all the lessons, you know, learned from it, 
in the middle of the pain, in the middle of the, why are you not responding? Why are we not seeing each other? Why am I asking? And you're rejecting, like, there are probably women listening to your podcast, Laura, that are in the middle of that season right now. And I think your point is there are friendships to be had on the other side and you don't have to in desperation, beg and plead to keep that one, that it is okay to let that one go and another one will come. And it may be some time before another one that close comes, but another one will come. And, you know, there's that, that old saying about, you know, um, friendships for a reason, friendships for a season. And there is that whole thing about there was that season is over. And I was fighting tooth and nail for that season not to end and for her and I to get back to where we were. And that's never going to happen. And I finally came to that understanding and I'm okay with it, but it was hard. It was hard to admit that in, in the middle, but letting go of it healed me and also allowed me to open myself back up to the opportunity for friends to come after her. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's a perfect place to end. I hope people take encouragement from that if they've been through that or in the, in the middle of that, or, you know, see that on the horizon, if you will, that there's a lot of amazing people out there who will offer friendship to you, but you, you have to open that door. So thank you for being here. Thank you for talking about friendship with me, Heather. I loved it so much. just listen to the 10 things to tell you podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10 things to tell you.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 things to tell you. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.